and welcome to the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast, episode 34. Welcome to the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast, where we are building profitable food businesses, one product, one process, one thought at a time. Now here's your host, Dr. Michelle Fannensteel. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this second part in our two-part series about 5S. And today we're going to continue our conversation with my brother, Charlie Tidd, who's an expert in lean processes and 5S and all things manufacturing because he's been doing it since he graduated from college. (laughs) And join us for this next conversation about how we really talk about how to make all this stuff actionable in your facility, all right? And then stay tuned for the end because we have a really special offer to make everybody, and I'd love for you guys to be in on it. So enjoy the episode, and I'll see you on the other side. Um. Jumping off from that point, I'd love for you to talk about some of the ways that we have talked about, about how food manufacturers can start their lean journey. Some super simple things um, that are the basis of lean that are actionable, I guess, like right now. Right. So there are are two major concepts about lean. that anybody with with some very minimal research or reading can can start uh, can start with. Um, first is 5S, uh, and 5S is a set of tools that are used to organize and clean your workspace. And then um, the the second concept is the seven deadly wastes. So. Um, let me talk about 5S first, because 5S, um, so there are five Japanese words that start with S. One, one thing to recognize, in Lean, everything started in Japan, um, and especially with Toyota. So um, we, we uh, learned through Edward Deming. Um, Who was an American, by the way. <laughs> yes, but, but realized that American, in the 50s and 60s, American manufacturers were not open to this conversation. So he went and lived in Japan and learned from them. Um, so, uh, but the five S's have been translated into English as uh, the first S is sort. So let me, let me just run through the five and then I'll go into each one. There's sort, set in order, shine, standardize and sustain so sort sorting is is really about determining what's needed and what's not uh in a workspace that has never experienced 5s uh the first thing you're going to see is that you've got a lot of stuff in front of you okay and that stuff could be tools it could be um materials that you use like in in the food world i think that would be ingredients um, piling or, all the ingredients you have yes right, yes mm-hmm. yes right on right on the counter um it could be uh personal items okay um and so the first thing is just look at everything 
that's on the counter and decide, do I need this to do the job I'm doing right now? Okay. Um, and then really taking an inventory of everything that's on the workbench and saying, when's the last time I used this? How frequently do I use this? Okay. If I use this every day, it belongs on the bench. If I use it once every three weeks, it doesn't belong on the bench. It belongs in a cabinet, say, on the other side of the room. So it's about um, sorting things mostly by frequency of use. And do I re need it right now? You know, so if um, you were talking about tomatoes, you know, if you're making something that requires five tomatoes, you know, do I have a big honking bin of tomatoes on, on, the, uh, on the workbench? You know, maybe I don't need 45 tomatoes. You know, I just need the five that I'm going to work on. Um, so I think that translating some of that, because, you know, we don't work on workbenches. We have, we have conveyor belts in front of us and we okay. have pick lines and we have... Um, you know, I mean, but we do have tables, you know, and the number of the number of cutting rooms I have gone into and every possible utensil we could ever possibly use yeah. is stored in there, probably rusting because <laughs> right. we have to wash them every day. Yes. You know, I mean, yes. I think that I one of the things that I encourage people and I, this may be coming up in the, some of the other five S's is to look at the amount of shelving you have. Yes. Because as our dad used to say. <laughs> he, he would say, crap expands to fill the available space. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I know some of you have heard me say that in your factories. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So uh, so I, I got a little bit into the second S, which is set in order. And that's that's organizing things by the flow of work. So if you have... If you have a three-step operation and you use tool A in step one and tool B in step two and tool C in step three, really put those in the order that you're going to use them. So I would think if, if you know, food is moving you, moving through your workstation on a conveyor belt, you know, you, you would set those from right to left or left to right, how, however they go. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you why that's important when we get to the, the wastes. Right. Um, so the third one, which probably is is not um, uh, new to anybody in the food world, is shine. And shining is literally about cleaning. Okay. Um, and it and it's about um, sweeping the floors and wiping down your workspace. And um, so in in my world um, um, now, I'm I'm in FDA manufacturing too. I'm. I, I work for a company that makes um, uh, devices used in surgery, so it's even more important now. Um, but it's it's really about making your workplace presentable. Um, the The last plant I worked in, we wanted to be tour ready a hundred percent of the time, which meant at the end of every shift we were putting everything back, we were reorganizing, we were sweeping, mm -hmm. we were emptying the trash, we were making sure that uh, nothing had crept into the aisleways, um, that everything had a home. Right. Um, and shine is, is really important. In the food world, obviously, you have foodborne pathogens that you have to worry about. You have very strict requirements uh, about cleanliness to make sure that you're not poisoning your customers. Um, 
Right. But it's but it's also important to everybody who works in the factory, because or or, or the workspace because. Coming in in the morning to a clean, organized place really helps everybody. I mean, for one, it, it just looks better. It feels like a well-run operation. Um, and when you're working, if you know where all your tools are and you know they're going to be there when you reach for them, it's just easier. You know, you don't have to stop what you're going doing and go find it, you know, which um, which increases delay you, you know lowers your throughput um, makes you frustrated um, it's just easier to work in in a, a 5s environment um, and so for I think for us in terms of shine you know I I talk a lot um, with all my ready to eat manufacturers about listeria and Making sure that you are cleaning to your manufacturer's instructions, okay, which means that your soap has to stay on your food contact surfaces and in your drains and things like that for 7 to 12 minutes. You know, I mean, that is a, that is a metric that you can observe yep. about whether or not you're meeting the S of shine. And, yep. if, and if you're not, you really truly are in a ready-to-eat environment increasing your risk of listeria by not five, following your 5S principles. Mm. So the fourth S, and we talked a little about this, about shelving, is standardize. Um, so standardize is about uh, providing uh, standard work. So you have work instructions for everything that you do. Uh, for example, in your cleaning, you know, the I think it was five to seven minutes. That, seven to 12. <laughs> seven to 12, sorry. Seven to 12 minutes <laughs> that the soap has to stay in contact with the surfaces. You write that down. Um, and you make sure people are trained to it and that they have the work instructions available to them when they're doing the work. Um, and then uh, visual control. So um, we were talking about shelving, okay? And, um, and, and yeah, it really hits home when you're talking about having to clean all your tools every day. Um, so if you're not using your tools that day, they should be, you know, not out on the line so they have to be cleaned um so using you know using having only the tools you're going to use uh, the classic example is a is a, a carpenter's to not a carpenter's toolbox but you get um one of these big red um oh sure toolboxes the... with every wrench of every size you'll possibly ever need in your career and it's all very well organized they're laid out by uh, by sizes and they have rows and you know places where every every tool fits and and the question is is that 5s and the answer is no it's not because it's got everything there okay so uh in a in a real 5s uh environment in a mature 5s environment you would you wouldn't have that big craftsman toolbox you would have on either the bench in front of you or the shelves, um, you would have those tools, only the tools that you need. So if you need a three millimeter wrench and not a five millimeter wrench, you'd have you'd have a space for the three millimeter wrench. Now in the manufacturing world, we like to use foam cutouts and you literally get a block of foam and you cut out the shape of the tool and then you uh, you get a label maker and you write the name of the tool and you put it right above the cutout. And it works really well because 
the tool has a home to go back to. So when you're done with the wrench, you put it back in its foam cutout. Right. And in our house, we say everybody knows where the forks go. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> and so when the, and when that cutout is empty, you know the tool is missing. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're, um, and and so what you do when you sort and when you set an order is you decide which tools are truly needed every day in that um, at that workstation, and then in standardize you um, you you organize them in the workstation by where they're where they're going to be used and they have a specific home and you only keep the tools you actually use um, now. Um, lots of lots of places have I, I would call them variable workstations. Like you do one thing one day, um, sure, or one shift, and then a second thing the other shift. And what you can create are um, are tool sets that are designed for each operation. Oh right, right, right. Okay, so today we're grinding, yes, and we're going to use this, yes, in this in this section, and instead of you know we're tumbling over here or mm-hmm. what or whatever. And so you're using the word tools because you that's guys, what I know. Yeah. You literally use tools, but we're talking about utensils, so knives, yes. spoons, ladles, beaters. All that sort of, you know, I mean, you go to a cook station and there's every possible thing you could ever possibly need uh, right. to make something right there in front of you. And no wonder you lose everything because you have no idea what's in front of you. <laughs> right, right. So if if you can get it down to just those tools you need, um, you, um, but then you can, you know, you can have different tool sets. So you, you change over the, so when you change over um, the workstation, from one operation to another, we call that line clearance in the medical world, um, where you you take all the tools off the line, you take all the components off the line. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then you reset the line for the next thing you're gonna do. Right. Right. No, that's that's totally different. Like yeah. Yeah, that's exactly the same. You know, like if you're if you're cutting down a, a beef carcass. You know, you're gonna clean in between the beef carcass and the right. and 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 the pork carcass. Or right. if you're making your value added stuff that day, you will have cleaned out all of your raw production. Right. So it's not different. No, no. So your uh, your clients and and listeners are probably already doing a lot of these things. Um. um and then um, the the fifth S is sustain, um, and this is the one that's toughest for most organizations to do is sustain it. I've, I've seen, um, even in uh, mature plants, you know, we'll do a 5S event and we'll get through the first four S's. And then six weeks later, we're back to our bad old habits because we didn't put enough effort into the fifth S, which is sustain. So in sustaining, uh, the, uh, the tools around sustaining are uh, training. So really make sure everybody is trained on 5S and they understand why they're doing this and why it's important and what the available tools are and why we're putting in visual controls and why that's important. Um, And then um, setting up audits. Audits are really important. And and I've learned this in my latest plant. Um, It's a way to get um, other organizations involved to get fresh eyes so um, like in my plant we literally assign audits to the finance manager 
the finance manager has to come out once a week and audit a work cell for 5S. <laughs> okay, and we have a standardized checklist that they're given, you know, so it's, you know, there's things like, do all tools have a home? Are they labeled? You know, um, is, is all inventory in an appropriately labeled bin or space on the floor, a marked space on the floor? Um, is the garbage can empty? Um, things like that. Um, but it's, it's important to bring, uh, just organizationally, it gets them involved in 5S. They have to learn then, you know, if you're going to audit 5S, you have to understand 5S. Um, and um, it makes it not just a manufacturing thing. That's, that's the big danger of 5S and Lean, is it's manufacturing's thing, and that's what they do. But, right, but finance could probably use, you know, 5Sing of their own their own Every workspace. finance workspace <laughs> I've ever walked through could use, could use 5S, but not just, and, and this is critical, not just in physically, yeah, there's paper everywhere, okay? And they've got, they've got stacks and stacks of boxes with files and file cabinets, you know, lining the wall. But um, not just that, but also when you start thinking about transactional lean, all these processes, all these tools, sorry, can be applied to virtual processes as well. So, you know, I'm not going to lie. I think of I think of that when I open up my Kartra system and I've got all of these web pages and they're all sitting. Essentially, they're on the desktop. Yes. Literally, I see this every every time I look at, at um, not every time, but on a lot of people's computer desktops sure They're filled with icons sure you know how do you know which one how do you find the one that you only use once every other week you know where do you where do you go for look at to look at that and i and it may only take you 15 seconds or a minute to go find it but that's a minute lost and okay. that's emotional energy looking for something yeah. that could be applied to doing your next best revenue generating action right right and then um if you think about how you process information, you know, there, um, all these things. Do I have the information I need at the time that I'm asked to do the task? Well, if I don't, and now we're really starting to get into lean, um, you know, now I'm going back and asking for something else. So, the, the and, and, it, and it, it is completely analogous to... This recipe calls for tomatoes. Do I have the tomatoes when I'm ready to work? If I don't, well, now I've got to go back to the refrigerator and get them. Right. So, um, so, um, so it's it's really critical that um, you develop a culture. And um, we talked about reading lists. Well, here here's an item for the reading list. Um, it's called uh, the the book is titled "Creating a Lean Culture." Did not write down the author in my notes. Fantastic. <laughs> but that's the name of the book. If you Google creating a lean culture, you will find it. And we will put that in the show notes. And what I'd like to do, because we have um, we have kids knocking down the door here and we've got stuff to do, but I'm going to have a listener challenge. So here's what we're going to do is that over the course of the summer, 
I think we should all read this book. All right. And I'm going to have, we're going to have discussions on it over on the, over on the Facebook page, but I challenge you to read this book. So my brother and I are going to read this book. We're probably going to record some more conversations because I'm lucky enough to live pretty close to my brother. And plus we can do it electronically if we need to. Uh, and reading this book. So give us the title again. Creating a Lean Culture. Creating a Lean Culture. And we will put a link to that in the show notes. Okay. And we're going to do this as a, as a read along and we will come back to you with more conversations because 5S is really the very first part of the conversation. And while I did in, in, in a previous episode talk about what the eight wastes of lean are or the seven wastes of lean plus the, you know, like the human resources waste that we talk about mm-hmm. as the eighth waste. There's really way more that we can we can dive into, but we're gonna leave it here for right now because this is plenty for one episode. <laughs> Thank you so much, Charlie, for coming and sharing this deep depth of knowledge that you have. My pleasure. And we look forward to having you back on the show. Thank you. Have a great day, everybody. Have a beautiful week. All right, folks. Well, that was a great conversation with my brother, Charlie Tidd. And as you heard, we are running a special offer. And actually, since we recorded this, I decided to do something even cooler. So here's the deal. In the power group, we are going to do a summer read-along as the work of the power group for both July and August. The book Creating a Lean Culture is pretty thick and pretty dense. I've started reading it, but it is perfect for the work that we are doing because as y'all are implementing food safety plans and processes, you have to implement the management systems to go with it or else it's never gonna work, okay? And this is what I struggle with with my clients so, so much, is that they have all the good intentions and they put the processes in place and they still don't feel like they are running an efficient system, that they they know what their processes really are and how their production methodologies are really working within their system, okay? And lean management solves all of those problems, all right? And so what we're going to do and the offer I am going to make you is that if in June, up until June 20th, 2-0, you join the power group, then I will send you for free a copy of the book Charlie and I talked about. And then you can join us for our weekly calls where we are going to discuss the book all through the course of July and August. And then of course you'll be in the power group and we have a couple of SOPs that we are covering and we'll be really diving into those SOPs and how lean management will help you implement all the SOPs. And then plus you get like all the other benefits of being part of the power group. You get access all the way back to January when we started for all the calls. We have a meat and poultry HACCP course that you can get um, certified in. You can uh, do our wealth creation and book yourself solid. In July, I'm also doing a course on, get this, stop overeating for food 
foodpreneurs, okay? Because frankly, there are a lot of us, myself included, um, who could who could use some discussion about how we manage urges and how we manage hunger and things like that. So really, the power group is such an overwhelming value. Like there is nobody else out in the universe doing anything like it. And for you solopreneurs, it's a buck for the first two weeks. All right. And then it's $297 every month after that. And it's like amazing. Really, it's amazing. And so if you join us, you'll be able to do that read along. We will be posting some of that on the Facebook page, but you'll really get a much more robust discussion uh, by joining us. And so I really hope you do. You can join us at www.sfbdi.com slash power group. And it is the best investment in your mind, in your processes, and in your employees that I think you will ever, ever do. And it is, I mean, it's just mind blowing how much there is out there for you in that power group. All right. So I look forward to seeing you on the inside, www.sfbdi.com slash power group. And everybody, y'all have a beautiful week, my fellow foodpreneurs. You've been listening to Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steele on the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast. We hope you loved the show. For more information and show notes, please find us at sfbdi.com. Thanks for listening.